Hello everybody out there And welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show With me, Barry Holmes You know, today is, you know, the our ceremonious, you know, Friday night Always for that Talk That Talk Show But, you know, as we continue to have the episodes go up it's always important to recognize, you know, little milestones that we do have here within the show. And, you know, before we've celebrated, you know, with having different amount of subscribers, you know, celebrated having a certain amount of uh, downloads. But, um, you know, to, to be able to celebrate here with you all tonight, the 150th episode of the Talk That Talk Show. Um, guys... I don't know if I think, you know, at times maybe I also myself can take uh, myself a little bit for granted. But um, I think one of the things, ah, man, I can't even get this bottle open. Jeez. But I think one of the things that's um, so difficult for us sometimes to understand just how hard it is to consistently do something every day, night in, night out, um, on a week to week basis to, you know, Put out an episode here This talk that talk show And I think that You know oftentimes I do overlook the fact that You know even though We don't record Every single day You know Just being reflective And fully understanding What's going on in my life To be able to You know talk to you guys And have you understand it To where You know it can affect you positively You know that's all You know goes with, Throughout the course of The entire week So Even though this show may just get recorded on a Friday night, you know, the preparation is every single day I'm breathing and living because, you know, these experiences that I have and uh, the thoughts within my mind about certain things that happen uh, as we speak. You know, it's funny, my dad was saying about, uh, you know, how he wanted to, you know, maybe push this show back a little bit to... uh, finish up watching the college basketball game. But I was like, hey, we'll just throw it on the TV right now while we're going. Um, like I said, to to be able to like I, uh, pretty much give you live feedback on what's going on with the St. Peter's game that's going down to the wire. You know, I think that, you know, to be able to give my unfiltered thoughts and, and pretty much every single week give to you guys 110% and give you something that you can count on, you know, it gives people a, a reason to be proud to rock the shirts, man. And um, to that, you know, usually we do the drink review at the end, but, you know, I'm in such a celebratory mood here. Gotta go up here and have some of the white handy, you know, for a lot of our, um, you know, milestones or things that we like to accomplish, you know, you gotta celebrate those. So I'm gonna pour up a little bit of the white handy here. Big shout out to my boy Jeff on the Instagram live stream. Also shout out to my boy Tony Ward. Love you, bro. Love you too, man. Um, he was also one of the guests on our show back then. But um, you know, I think that it's just apropos to use a nice SAT word there. But I think it's apropos that we use the white handy because you know when you celebrate, you have to do it with um, you know giving yourself a little bit of credit and, and celebrate in a way that makes you feel special. And, you know, I always feel special when I have some of the Hennessy pure white. So you know, everyone out there, if you have your drink, put your drink up and let's cheers up to the fact that we made it to 150 episodes and we have way more to go.
Ooh, that white henny is different, guys. Shout out to my boy Tim Sikora uh, on the on our Facebook live stream. But I was going to tell you guys something really important. A lot of times I like to start out the shows with some of the reflections that have been going on within my life. But, you know, this entire week of bowling has been something that's been so educational for myself. And then also it was just such a, a roller coaster of emotions. And I was super excited to come here on the show because, and I joked about it, um, I think it was with Rick and my brother and my dad when I left the alley because, you know, I was so frustrated. I was so upset. And I was like, I, I, you know what I'm going to be talking about on the show tonight. So, you know, I got to start out with on Tuesday night and going into it, it was a rivalry matchup. You know, me and my brother, you know, we've been kind of climbing the ranks as the new season has started. and We've had some success. You know, I know I've been heavy, but my brother's been putting me on his back and, you know, he's been bowling out of his fucking mind, man. I think he had back-to-back 700s this week. But it started out with that Tuesday where, you know, Tyree was just absolutely lights out in a matchup where, you know, we're going up against, you know, Joe Krakovich and Dave Merrill, who in the years past, they always seem to have our number, you know. Um, I think it's so dope when you're in leagues for a long period of time and when the competition is such a high level, you know, you do tend to get those rivalries or those close matchups where you're like, man, I I, I can't lose to this guy, man. Like, I got to go out there and I got to do my thing. And, you know, that situation was something that I did not forget because if I told you guys on a couple episodes prior about a situation where the guy Joe Krakovich came up to me and he was like, oh, you couldn't beat the blind. Oh, you, you can't beat yourself. Oh, you didn't win. And I remembered that. I put that in my mind because I was like, yo, the next time I bowl this guy, you know, we want to blow the doors off him, you know. And to start, you know, my brother, he just couldn't miss, man. And he really set the tone that, you know, we came to play. And, you know, I did my job with, you know, making spares, you know, holding up, trying to get there. And, you know, what we've seen, hold on one second. We had the live that just went out. We're going to re-put it back up here on our Facebook Live. But, um, yeah, what happened was, you know, I went through, made my spares. And then on top of that, afterwards, you know, my brother was able to come through and continuously make strikes and put us in a position to win, man. And coming down late into those games, you know, even though I had a real tough second game where, you know, Dave Merrill came out there and he, he really beat me bad. But, um, you know, I think oftentimes when we have those situations or maybe in, you know, early in the season where I'd have such a bad game, I wouldn't be able to come through and, and deliver coming back. And I thought that that was a huge thing to overcome that hump to where I didn't waste a good performance by my brother. And then the third game, when it came down to getting the win, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I had to strike out in the 10th frame just to beat the guy by one stick after having struggled all, you know, throughout that set. You know, it was big, you know, and it was one of those things where, you know, we kind of like beat our Goliaths in a way where we set ourselves up to be fourth place in the league. And that was huge, man. So, you know, I know we still got what I think five, six weeks left in the season, but you know, I, I'm treating this last third of the season as like do or die for us because, 
you know, we've been at the bottom for so long. And, you know, to have that success where, you know, we've strung, strung some wins together, it, it, it kind of brings to the point of, you know, just continuously trying to stay consistent and believing in yourself. You know, I think that, you know, if me and my brother would have taken the, uh, the struggles that we had and let that hinder us, you know, I don't think that we would be in the position where we are now to where, you know, we could potentially take this league and win the big cash prize. So, you know, I think that it was so important to, to take those guys out. You know, we always say you don't want to beat up on cream puffs, but, you know, there's no cream puff about where Tyree beats a guy who was on the professional tour, you know, was on TV, and he beats him scratch. You know, I mean, this guy was super frustrated, man. So, you know, to see him that frustrated and for us to be on top and take 18 out of 20, you know, that set the tone for the week. And then to come into the next night where, again, on Wednesday night, you know, we were struggling. Uh, we were at the bottom, I think, bottom of half of the league. And, you know, we had hit those crossroads where what are we going to do to turn our season around? And we've strung some wins together. And everybody has had their own part in us going up and in us, you know, trying to get back into the top five to get some, you know, cash prizes, man. And, you know, I said before about how Cecil, he had done his thing to to make make us get you know, a win before with getting some strikes late. And then to see, you know, myself be in a position where, you know, our team was struggling a little bit and then I come out and I shoulder the load. You know, last night, you know, was the the MVP was my pops there where, you know, all season he's been trying to get, you know, to that point where uh, he's comfortable again. And, you know, Wednesday night, you know, he said he lived for these situations where, you know, it's do or die, clutch. You know, if you if you don't strike, you lose. And he came out there and he, and he sunk two big ones to help us win by, I think, like less than 10 sticks. And, um, you know, for us to take seven out of nine in there where, you know, we could have easily, easily walked out of there with just two points and, and losing both games in wood. You know, that was huge for us as a team to see that, you know, we can go forward. We can push and we can continue to fight, even though we haven't had the success that we had. And we have my boy Tim Sikora, who says Captain Clutch. We might have to have him put that on one of his jerseys soon. But, um, you know, then to come to Thursday night. And this is where, you know, like I said, we were going up. I was we won on Tuesday. One on Wednesday, and I'm coming to my Thursday night league, and I saw something different. You know, I saw a guy on my team who decided he wanted to be down there. He wanted to be in a, a, a anchor position, and if you don't know about bowling, that's almost like your cleanup hitter in, in, in baseball. You want your best guy down there to, because when everything, all the chips are on the line, this is the last guy to save your ship, you know? And I seen my teammate, and that's not his net, his, his particular spot. But he's like, yo, I want the challenge. You know, I want this. You know, I want to bowl against this guy um, who's the who's the head of the pro shop who we we're bowling against, Vinny, a guy who has bowled, bowled professionally, you know. And I think that, you know, extending it out to something that we can all attest to, you know, it's always good to – to try and challenge yourself. It's always good to try and, 
seek out those challenges or see what you can do to better yourself. And I have to say, you know, it was a little bit difficult because what he saw is he might have bit off a little bit more than he could chew. Because in the first game against uh, uh, Bolin, against the guy that he called out, the guy shoots a 300 on him. Perfect game. Now, you, you want to talk about you don't strike, you lose. How do you beat a 300, right? Guy shoots 300 on him. And all of a sudden, when we're going into the second game, oh, I got a headache. I feel so dizzy. I can't bowl. And it just seemed way too, uh, what's the word I can say, convenient, obvious that this guy, he, he, got all his, he got his heart taken in the first game. And, you know, from us as a standpoint, you know, it was tough to see somebody that you wear the same jersey as. You're somebody that you're depending on to get you out where we're putting the same amount of money in every single week to have somebody like that on our team that quit on us. You know, I always joke with my dad. I said to my brother, you'd have to take me out on a stretcher. If I'm bowling DIY, you got to take me. I have to be on my deathbed before I'm not going to bowl in, a, in something that I, I've, um, you know, been lined up for. And, you know, for him to, okay, I understand you might have had a little headache. But, you know, to be laughing, joking with other people, still moving about pretty fine, but you can't bowl. You know, that shit just didn't sit well with me. And, you know, he wound up leaving, uh, didn't even stay for the match. And I, I, it just it just really rubbed me a wrong way. And, and I kind of feel like in a, in a way where this guy was, we were on the fence as far as if we're going to bring him back. You know, it kind of sealed his fate where, you know, you don't want somebody, and this goes for even beyond this, you don't want somebody on your team or somebody, if you're investing in things, you don't want somebody that you can't believe in, that you can't depend on, that you can't help to, you know, pull out of the rut with, you know. And I, I never in all my years of competition seen something like that where somebody gave up on us. And it kind of like lit a fire under us and, now we joked about how you can't win a game when you I mean, you can't win a, a a key matchup like that when you're down a man, and I think that that's the toughest thing to try and understand and to try and to figure out in the midst of the moment. So you know we all dug together and we were able to steal a last game out of that set where we won being down a man because this guy quit on us. And that kind of said something to me to where even the guy that I was bowling against, he shot 279 against me. I could have easily quit. I could have been like, man, this guy kicked my ass, man. I don't want to bowl anymore. But I came out the next game, and I beat him 234 to 214. Guys, we're always going to be in positions of adversity. You're always going to be in a position to where you feel like you are undervalued underrated and that you're in a position to win and nobody else believes that you can do it you know that's why this whole week of up and down bowling i wanted to explain to you guys what happened because you know ultimately it all culminates to the main theme of whatever's going on whether it be what you've done in the past whether it be situations that you're struggling with presently whether it's setting up for future things where people show you who they really are and you got to set things up in the you know for the future 
No matter what all those things culminating together, you still have to find a way to dig deep within yourself and pull out a dub, man. Pull it out. Even though we got smacked, you know, they absolutely whomped us. You know, we still came out, dug and fight together and, and got a win so that we didn't get swept. And that was a character win. We might have got smacked. But that pretty much showed to us that, yo, no matter what, even when we have people that fucking quit on us, we'll never quit on ourselves, man. And I, I was so upset leaving, man. And, you know, it kind of just lit this fire underneath me, man, to where I feel like, you know, I was at the, the absolute low. The guy shot 279 on me, had a teammate quit on me. You know, I, I shot a 160-something on some bullshit. But then I came back and put out one of my better perform, best performance of the week. So, guys, the situations of disparity, the, dis, the, the situations of adversity, those are what shape and mold us to make gold out of, you know, cheap metal, right? You know, that's what this is all about. Digging deep within yourself and finding a way to get it done, man. And I think that that all kind of leads up to, you know, uh, uh, overall theme also of kind of sticking true to your core values and I think someone that everybody has seemed to have a, an opinion on you know we've had people that have challenged his heart based off of the decisions that he's made but you know we got to give it up for Kyrie Irving who is now going to be back to play in home games because the NYC vaccine mandate has will or very soon if not now will be lifted so that athletes can play in home games whether this has to do with baseball being back i don't know you know whether that has to be with their unvaccinated players who knows but all we know is that Kyrie irving will be back to play for the brooklyn nets in home games and i know the first thing people have to ask is does this still make them number one contenders in the east and as i drink the white henny you know i have to say that I, I do think that it kind of puts them up there with Milwaukee, but I still just don't know what it is that that Nets team is just lacking. You know, I don't believe in Miami. I know my man, Mr. Mo, he's going to have something to say about Boston. I like Boston. I do. You know, I think that they have the youth and the speed to keep up with Brooklyn. But when it's all said and done, you know, it, it doesn't come down to what your potential is. It is what you do and what you put out there. And I think that the overall wild card to this Brooklyn Nets experiment gone wrong without uh, James Harden now to where you have a Ben Simmons, I need to see. I think Ben Simmons has to come back for Brooklyn alongside a Kyrie Irving and alongside a healthy Kevin Durant. And I think that will easily make that team better than the Sixers, better than the Heat, better than the Celtics. But everything about that is contingent on can Ben Simmons play basketball? That's the biggest overarching thing here. Can he play basketball? at a high level for the Brooklyn Nets. And if he can do that, I do think that this lifted vaccine, this lifted vaccine mandate will help the Brooklyn Nets with having Kyrie Irving full time, man. But, you know, another thing that kind of culminates with that too is the fact that where you have people that are coming back to the team, you also have people that are leaving the team. And I'm sad to see him go. I'm sad to say goodbye to Tyreek Hill. No, he's been one of my favorite Chiefs for a long time. He was an absolute lightning rod. He 
was so exciting to see you play football. And, you know, I just want to thank him in his years in Kansas City and helping us to get a championship to Kansas City. You know, we wouldn't have won anything if it wasn't for Tyreek Hill and what he'd done through the regular season in the playoffs. He was the security blanket for, you know, Patrick Mahomes whenever Travis Kelsey wasn't open. And it seemed that he was always available to score a touchdown anytime he touched the ball. Tyreek Hill has done some amazing, amazing things for this franchise. But ultimately, this goes for any sport, whether it's football, baseball, basketball. You can't force somebody to be there that doesn't want to be there. And it looked like a situation where if he didn't get an extension or if he didn't get paid the money that he thought he should be, then he was going to sit out all season. And I think that, you know, the, the front office in Kansas City figured that that was too big of a risk to take, and they decided to go away with the five draft picks. So we will never know what this deal is going to do until we see what draft picks were picked with Kansas City. And that leads me to the question of what is our priority? I honestly think that, you know, at least one to two of those draft picks need to be offensive linemen because Patrick Mahomes was running for his life and literally was in situations where he couldn't make the proper read. So I think the two of those draft picks should definitely go to offensive linemen. One definitely has to go to a wide receiver. If you can take any Alabama wide receiver, it seems like they all do well in the NFL. So they need to look to whoever's playing wide receiver at Alabama. Just pick one of those guys up. We'll be fine. Then the last one or the last two maybe, you know, that I think we should seriously look into. It has to be on the defensive side of the ball because, you know, when you look at the division where you have the Raiders who've got substantially better, you know, with adding a Devontae Adams, you know, you look at the Chargers and they're con constantly getting better each and every year. You know, this Chiefs team will not continue to go by with piss poor defenses. You know, I think that these draft picks, they need really need to sit down and look and say, how do we protect Patrick Mahomes? How do we give him another weapon? And then also... How can we defend these other teams? How can we solve those three issues with five draft picks for one guy? You know, I think it's a good deal, man. I, I, I do. You know, again, you can't have somebody or force someone to be there that doesn't want to be there. And when you pay a guy in Patrick Mahomes the amount of money that they did to stay there, you're going to have some collateral damage. And sadly, Tyreek Hill is that collateral damage. But, you know, also one thing that I want to lead up to here that we just saw that just happened. I had it on the TV. But we had St. Peter's who went out there and is now in the Elite Eight repping Jersey. You know, you got to be happy for this team. And it literally speaks to an overarching theme that I said in the mere infancy of this Talk That Talk show. I think you can go back to, I think it's episode three or four, Barry's Bracketology. Um, one of the things that I said is there's no more mid-majors, man. You can't say that there is, you know, mid-majors or the conferences are so much different. You know, we are seeing teams like St. Peter's that are punching their ticket to the Elite Eight. 
I don't want to hear shit about these power conferences and how they're so much bigger and better than these conferences like the uh like i think it's the nec or whatever the saint peter's is from uh you know they came out there they don't care who was in front of them and they got three tournament wins now you look at kentucky and they got ousted out so it is very hard to win tournament games let alone keep knocking and slaying down different goliaths man and you know i think that as we point it to this as far as the differences in power conferences, one of the things that continues to be elusive is representative seeding in this NCAA tournament. And one thing, and this is one gripe that I have, is that we got to talk about Gonzaga. How many times are we going to continue to put them as a number one seed? How many times are we going to continue to give the West Coast Conference this big, you know, prestige and give them when they have not produced the success of a number one seed in how long? I don't think they've even won the tournament. And yet we continue to praise them. We continue to rob other teams that should be deserving of a number one seed. We need to stop putting so much stock in the West Coast Conference because Gonzaga's not that good. I know they made it to the national championship last year. Did they win it? Was that the first time they made it there? Guys, Gonzaga is not that good, and we need to stop giving them number one seeds. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. But one thing I'm not tired of is these fitted hats, guys. You know, I think that as we continue on to, you know, see what's going on in the hat game, you know, I love the creativity that's happening with, you know, these hats, man. You know, this one right here I got on. I saw someone commenting it on the Instagram, but this is called the Beer City Bung Hammers. You know, minor league joint. We got the side teams, uh, secondary side patch logo. Um, you know, I love these fitted hat guys, and I definitely also have to toast up to this because when I looked up and checked the stats, guys, we as Catmaster B, you know, I started this thing over a year ago and, you know, to see the success and to say that I've sold over $10,000 of hats and, you know, reselling, you know, it's a big accomplishment because, you know, a lot of times we have passions, we have things that we're, you know, passionate about in our, in our pastimes, you know, hobbies, but to, to make your hobby, uh, to monetize your hobby, you know, I think it's something that we all strive for in our own way. And to get over 10K in sales as Catmaster B, you know, that's definitely a cause for celebration. So once again, we got to lift this glass up here. This episode 150 is a culmination, guys, of uh, consistent progress in the right direction, man. And, you know, I think that part of the reason that why Catmaster B has been so successful and why Talk That Talk Show is so successful is because the core business values are synonymous, right? We're intertwining them to where, you know, when you're putting out consistent product every single time, people know every time they reach out to Catmaster B, they're going to get the hat that they want. You know that every time on a Friday night when you look live, you're going to get another episode of Talk That Talk Show on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. You can always look forward to this show. And I'm going to continue to push forth this effort. And I'm going to continue to push forth and, and, and just 
you know, be the person that I know that I'm supposed to be, man. And that comes through, you know, having success and through seeing that the fruits of your labor are accessible. You just have to appreciate the process, man. And, you know, I've enjoyed every single one of these 150 episodes. And, you know, every hat that I've sold to somebody, you know, I appreciate, uh, you know, the, the transaction between the two. I appreciate, you know, meeting new people and the people that I've, you know, made connections with in the hat game. And it's just been great, man, to see that, you know, these fitted caps, you know, have made such a big difference and given me a light, you know, at the end of the tunnel, man. Like, realistically, you know, I'm talking about this being a means to pay off student loans, man. And that's huge, man. I paid off and I paid for my car straight cash, just straight off of hat money, man. So, again... You know, the things that you can acquire based off of your passions, you know, to make paper out of the things that you're passionate about, that's something, guys, that you need to look into if you are not already. And, you know, one of the things that I'm hype about is rocking these hats. You know, you've seen this one from MyFitteds. Also want to shout out MyFitteds for this other Somerset Patriots hat. When I saw they dropped this, you know, like I said, you're not often going to see minor league customs. And this minor league custom is absolutely fuego. I got some pins here on it. Got the pin work. But, um, you know, we got the team secondary side logo patch. You know, we got the yellow undervisor to pop it off. You know, this one is another one that's been on heavy rotation. Then we have... Again, Lids. I got to, you know, shout out Lids. They've been doing their thing. And they came out with this festival pack hat. You know, this is a pretty colorful two-tone with the infrared under visor, you know. And we got the slightly raised batterman in the back. I saw Lenny rocking his. He had a Yankees one uh, at the bowling alley. And I was just like, yo, I can't wait for mine to come in. And the picture, the video, you know, it doesn't really do justice. You got to see it in person. This is absolutely crazy. Going down to the details of the different colored eyelets, you know, that's a two-tone that's going to be heavy in rotation. Might have to wear it to the surprise party that I think I told <laughs> by accident uh, for tomorrow. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that. But right now, I have this last one. This is from Hat Club. This is from the uh, Aux Pack Drop. This is modeled after the Lost Boys album. Uh, if you don't know who that is, please, please use Spotify. Uh, but this is the Shea Stadium patch on the side. This one is absolutely fire. Fire. It's a, you know, we've seen that a lot of people have went with the white two-tones. But to see it done this way, and it looks just like that album cover with the gray undervisor, too. You know, those were the hat pickups that I got. And you know they had to be Mets hats, so... You know, I'm just constantly out here looking for the toughest fitteds, you know, the ones that I can add to the arsenal. And I promise you, you know, hopefully by, you know, sometime soon, I'll be able to wear a different hat every day of the year, man. But um, again, I'm rocking this jersey because lastly, I wanted to talk about the importance of being able to step back, you know, for four, three, four weeks or however long it's been. You know, me, CJ, CJ's Pops, you know, Jihad, all those guys on DIY, they have shouldered the load. We have shouldered the load to where now we are third place in that division and going into the playoffs. But in a team, you're not always going to have your number called, right? And, you know, I was so hyped to, you know, be at this match at Majestic and hopefully get in there and pretty much, 
you know, we decided as a team we were going to give that match to people that had haven't necessarily gotten a chance to, you know, have the team on their back. And as much as I'd like to be out there, it is so important in team sports to be able to step back or even in an office or whatever atmosphere, you know, whatever team-based atmosphere, if you're a leader or if you're someone that has been putting in that work, you know, it's also important to be able to step back for people within your team to step up. We got my boy Gavin Coase who's coming to step up in a situation to bowl for us where he hasn't necessarily bowled in the last couple matches, but he's continued to show out. He's continued to show up and be there even though his number wasn't called, and now his number has been called, and that's why I am happy to step back and let someone like a Gavin step up and, and do what I know he can do. You know, to have a team that you can step back and depend on those guys to step up to go out there and get you a win where you're fighting for your playoff life. You know, we only have about five matches left, so, you know, I'm just so excited to still be there, and I and I do want to talk about that as well too, because you know at these UBA tour stops, you see a lot of teams that don't have anybody travel to see them. You see these teams that are just with the guys that are bowling, and those seem to be the ones that are losing the most. When you have a turnout, when you have people that are there to show out for your teammates, when you have a belief system within each other to show up even when you're not in the lineup. That is what makes a true team, and I'm so excited to see you know the new guys or these guys that haven't necessarily gotten the chance to, to be in pressure-packed situations of winner-take-all or, or go home. I'm excited to see those people step up and to see what our team is really made of because you're only as strong as your weakest link, and right now we're in third with very high expectations, and... Um, you know, I think that a lot of people are shocked that we're there, but now it's time to do something with it. And uh, it starts with the guys that haven't gotten necessarily a chance to do it, too. So as much work as we put in, you got to be able to step back, too. And that's how I'm going to end this, guys. This is the Talk That Talk show. You know, every single week, you're going to come on a Friday and give you guys a high-quality episode and my unfiltered thoughts and the things that are going on in my life, man. And I just appreciate every single one of you for rocking out with me, whether you started from episode one to whether you're just tuning in for the first time. You know, I appreciate all support. You know, I appreciate everybody that, you know, tunes in. I appreciate my pops who comes out here and tries to put together the set for me each week. You know, I appreciate everybody that continues to message me and give me different ideas and topics to talk about. You know, and I appreciate everyone that wears a T-shirt, wears a Talk That Talk Show shirt. Uh, tells people about the podcast. You know, I appreciate every single one of you, man, because, you know, I wouldn't be here at 150 episodes if it wasn't for every single one of you. You know, I wouldn't have the confidence. I saw, I talked to somebody yesterday who said, uh, you know, what's your podcast all about? Um, you know, I, I see that, you know, at least you're, you're so confident to be able to do it. And, People don't know, I was so scared for years to start one, you know, you know, there was nervousness within me to see what I could potentially do, but once you get past that barrier of, uh, of pushing through and getting over that mental blocking of yourself, 
you know, you don't know what you can do. And, you know, I've seen this podcast to a great lengths. I've seen it bring together a lot of great people. And I've seen it te teach people a lot of great lessons, man. And if I ever have to check out and, and, and I leave this earth in the box, you know, you guys have, you know, a wealth of, you know, different things to remember me by and to 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 help you to get through just like you know help me where you know i lost my friend uh my very good friend and even today where you know it was a rough day i just you know sat down and i listened to a couple you know a little bit of that episode and that's something that's gonna live forever you know for somebody that i'm never gonna see again to be able to live through that episode for even if it's that 20 minutes you know i can still have my friend back and it's that fucking shit man that you know really it means something to me, and that's why, you know, I have to come here every single week and give you guys this Talk That Talk show because, you know, beyond just numbers, beyond just uh, views, beyond just downloads, you know, this shit means something to me, man, and um, it means something to a lot of other people too, and um, that's why when I made that consistency shirt, and that's why, you know, it's my favorite shirt to date because, you know, without consistency, you know, I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't have given myself the opportunities at um, things that have been in my way. And uh, I'm just always ready to take those opportunities on. And I'm always willing to share my experiences with you guys on this show because, you know, it just means so much to me. And I just thank you all for continuing to rock out with me for 150 episodes here, guys. Um, big shout out to my sponsors. Uh Joe Snow and Maria over at New York Life, helping to get their financial freedom daily. My boy Savion Gaynor over at Skydive Socks. My boy Timmy Hugel over at Ink Parlor. And for the last time, because he is retiring, uh, we got to give a big shout out to my boy Jeff Galata over at Air We Are. He's retiring and will no longer be a sponsor on the show. But it's, it's not a sad thing because we're happy for him for retiring and taking the next step in his journey man so you know again with you know a lot of success you know it, it, you, you gotta be happy for other people around you too for having that success so you know i'm just thankful to be around successful people and i'm thankful that my desire is to influence and motivate people to see something within themselves that maybe they don't see I appreciate you. I love you all. And I see you all next week.